0: Knights HQ. Welcome to the Knights HQ, the behind the scenes official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. We dive a little deeper into some of the players and staff, find out what they do in their downtime, what their likes, dislikes, what makes them tick, and also we'll have a special guest each week. This week's guest to kick it off the debut show with a debut performance by the Knights coach's wife, Sharon O'Brien who unveiled a little bit about the coach, a little bit of addiction to maths, music selections are concerning, we're talking Celine Dion, Glee, and also what he's like on game day. So, coming up very shortly the wife of the Newcastle Knights, Adam O'Brien. Also each week we'll have a co-host. It'll either be a Knights player or a high-profile staff member. So we thought we'd start off with the Mr. Fix-It, the man who just gums out there and gives his all each time for the Newcastle Knights. Welcome, Connor Watson. Thank you, Frankie. Thanks for having me, mate. Hey, this podcast thing, you do it all the time. You've got your own.
1: Yeah, we do it a little bit. I wouldn't say all the time. We, we attempt to do it a lot. It doesn't always come off. <laughs> do you enjoy it? Yeah, love it. It's always good. I enjoy doing it with Caelan and obviously Matt Croakes is helping out now as well and we just have a bit of fun with it, to be honest. Talk, talk a bit of garbage and people seem to enjoy it, so we'll keep doing it for sure.
0: Well, that's what Knights HQ is all about. We'll get to know you guys a little bit better. You can tell us behind the scenes what's happening. Tell you what, coming up shortly, the uh, Knights coach's wife, she's going to unveil a little bit of dirt on our man Adam O'Brien, which is that's always nice
2: to
1: hear. Yeah, it is. It's hilarious.
0: Hey, tell us about some of the things you do in your own personal life. Tell us about the 257 podcast and the collective gear.
1: Yeah, the collective. It started back in lockdown and basically we were collecting the sports cards, right? So had to register an account name. Me and Kaylin went halves in it and I was like the house number 257 and then I just thought collective because we're collecting cards and then the name was a hit. Well, like straight away we're both like we love this and then we'd always talked about doing a podcast but we're sort of too scared <laughs> and then once lockdown hit we're like man who cares it's we're bored i'm sure people are looking for something to listen to so then we started with just me and Calum audio for the first few and then we started filming them but we had like these little mics man they were awful <laughs> cost like 200 bucks from ebay and the sound was so bad but now we're on sort of the the road podcaster and um, we've got a few more people in there helping us. You know, Croaks has jumped on board to do um, a bit of producing and get in the act himself now. And then Jay Nelson, who actually does a bit of work for the Knights, is, is come on board to, and Taxi have come on board to sort of do the camera work for us now, which is um, good. So it's sort of becoming a little bit of an operation, but we've still got the paper 257 sign in the background, you know, you know the humble beginnings where we started.
0: So let's break this down a little bit. Croaksy, Matt Croker? Yes. Very good player as well for the Newcastle Knights. Yeah,
1: he's a he's a great player and a great person. He's very personable. That's one of the things about Matt. And to be honest, when we started the podcasting stuff, I would send it to two people. Grant, who, you know, um, he's Kalen's agent. Basically, he would have a look over it, make sure there was nothing we had to cut out. And then I would always send it to Croaks because he listens to a lot of podcasts and, you know, he knows if one's very good or not. He would come back to me and just say, look, this one is a cracker or I think you's need needed a few times. He's like, I think he's needed to redo it. Energy's a bit low. Eventually, I was like, okay, when we started to get a few guests on, I was like, "Brack." do you want to come around and help me write this podcast and then started sort of taking over more of that role and then similarly how zach is sitting here with a mic in front of him we had croaks on the laptop and he was sort of typing stuff to us as we will mid-podcast you know yeah. whether that's statistics or yeah. he would jump in and say something when we got it wrong and then as he got more confident which we wanted from the start we wanted him to jump on because we knew he'd just be good and you know it sort of flows better with three people i yeah. think you know there's more talk about on topics and me and Kalen know each other the back of our hands so you know you sort of know everything about each other and you know conversations between me and him just all the time they're not that interesting sometimes they're they're interesting but then other times you know we're just like we already know so much about each other so having Croaks jump on and offer a different perspective has been really good for us
0: so tell us a little bit more about the uh, collective clothing
1: yeah so it's not just clothing we see the clothing as more of a just like it's a part of it but it's apparel like it's for people who like the podcast or like what we're doing on youtube it's just more of a way for them to support it we don't want to become a become a clothing brand as such we want to sort of more go down the production route and whether that's making short films for brands or you know my brother is pursuing a career in acting and is he yeah and his long-term goal is to run a production company so We're sort of like looking the tide all in, started doing some stuff. Texie and I went and shot Semi and Tyson Frizzell, their um, East Axe clothing label, which is basically clothes for little kids. And then this is where um, Jay come into the picture. He sort of taught me how to edit videos and things like transitions and stuff. And ever since I've been a kid, to be honest, Frankie, I've always been passionate about it. So when I was young and I, I used to surf, but my mates were really good. So I went and purchased myself a video camera, and I've actually got a Vimeo account. So if you
0: <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah,
1: Connor Watson, this on Vimeo. is what we love
0: about Night Take Two. We get to learn more about it. So let me unpack a couple of these bits here for you. This taxi we talk about,
1: yes, Taxi yes, he lives with you. Ah, uh, he did during the, the bubble because he wasn't allowed to stay at home. Oh, so you yeah. took him
0: in like like a dog off the street and looked yeah, after him.
1: You know, like a um, a father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: how did he behave was he okay
1: he's good so
0: he's now doing what for you he's doing a little bit of filming he's got a bit of an interest in that
1: yeah so texie's a really good photographer oh yeah actually really good so okay if you have a look at his instagram and i think he's got tex Hoy snaps as well which is his yeah. photography instagram so if you're listening go and have a look at both of them but i think you really enjoy his work when we started it we got him on a few podcasts and stuff but it's always sort of been me and kaylin's baby and yeah, now Texas come on board as I guess like a videographer, yeah. photographer, and even when we dropped our first piece of um, apparel, yep. the World Tour shirt, it was so much fun because we had Kaelin, my brother, Texi, Croaks, uh, me and, and Kai, one of like our other mates who was actually the model, right. go out to this to the Maitland airport. We rang up the Maitland airport and asked if we could borrow it. Well world, world Tour theme and uh, get a plane out there on the tarmac and shoot some photos in front in front of it and they were more than happy to have us and yeah after that day Kalen and I were just like this is what we want to turn like 257 into this is so much fun and then we've also started to bring on a few of our mates who were like pursuing careers in different sports so one of Kalen's best mates he grew up with up in Townsville Declan Wolford and so he's an MMA fighter, really? yeah, and he wants to go to the UFC. That's his goal. And then one of uh, my my good friends that I grew up with, Caleb Tancred, he's a surfer, and he's sort of come. He's going to start riding for Two Five Seven. So these are like, there's a lot of little things that we want to do. But to be honest, that's why we say. Well, that's why when we first sort of set up the the brand and what we thought it wanted to be was undefined and unorganized because we don't actually know what we're doing. We're just going with the flow and doing things that we like and, yeah, things that we're passionate about and helping people out i can see in your eyes
0: when you speak about it connie you're someone who appears to me that wants to be able to let people unpack and evolve from with from within would that be fair
1: yeah definitely that's why we're looking at bringing other people in because we want to help grow their personal brands and help them on their quest and yeah you know hopefully one day we can have all our mates working for us in some capacity we don't know Exactly what it is, but
0: And you've channelled that love for people and that community's work into a many different ways. Congratulations on the Ken Stephen Medalist Thank for the you. NRL. You're the youngest to ever win it. Really? It's meant to be old people's <laughs> on your way out, Connie. You're doing it way young. And, and tell us a little bit about some of that community work and, and what inspires you.
1: Yeah, firstly, it was a big honour to win the Ken Stephen for me to take the rap for it. It's probably a little <laughs> bit unfair to mum, dad and my brother. Uh, and everyone else who helps out with the cultural choice association so yeah it was for my work in that space it was difficult through last year with COVID I was sort of more just on the phone than actually being out there in the community which sucked a little bit so I'm looking forward to doing it again this year and Actually being hands-on with it, you know, getting out into the community, seeing some kids, helping them paint, come up with ideas for, yeah, the Boots for Brighter Futures initiative, which is going to another level this year. We've got a a fair few teams on board, which...
0: Yeah, it's so exciting.
1: Yeah, which is good. It's a little bit confronting because you're trying to organise over 100 pairs of boots to get painted.
0: Speaking speaking of boots, you pulled the boots on again at Albury, you knocked out some cobwebs there. How was the transition into the back row, the 13 particularly?
1: Yeah, it was good. Definitely knocked out some cobwebs. i had a good good time like I honestly just i'm so excited to be playing footy again i wasn't too fussed about how i went i was just just wanted to test the achilles out, and you know got through that unscathed and i feel really good my body feels good you know we spoke about it before i've had to put on a few kilograms so wanted to see how that went felt really fit yeah. felt strong felt better in contact which is which is awesome because i used to get a lot of bumps and bruises
0: so tell, talk to the Everyone about that, what that mm. process is like. It's, when you say a couple of kilos, it's four kilos, but it's not like just going and chucking on four fat kilos. It's four lean muscle mass kilos. How hard was that?
1: Yeah, you need to be smart in how you do it because you don't want to put on the wrong type of weight, uh, which is you know easy to do with you know fast food and all of that sort of stuff. For me, I actually. Which I don't really think people should do this, but counting my calories. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think you should, you know, enjoy life for what it is, live a balanced lifestyle. But I actually started counting my calories, not to watch my weight, but to make sure I was getting enough in. Yep. So I spoke to you know a couple of people about how many calories they said I should be consuming. I can't remember what the amount was, but I just had to add another meal in. So okay, normally I would have breakfast, lunch, dinner. And we don't snack at home that much. Like we don't really have... The only thing in the cupboard is usually like nuts and that's about it. Nuts and there's like some fruit and granola and yogurt. But started stopping in at the on the way home from training. yeah. Yeah, getting a burrito bowl, which we've done like every day for a while. And I just actually got a... You know, like the 10 bowl thing? Yeah. (laughs) So, if I got this about... I would have 10 bowls by now. I reckon I've smashed it 100 days. (laughs) But then they gave it to me yesterday and they're like, oh, we haven't given you one of these before. But so, in about nine days, I'll tick off and get my free burrito bowl, which will be good. But... And then just like adding another... But just before I went to bed. So, I'll just have like a smoothie with some protein and Yeah just literally add add more calories on but not through any junk food it was just adding like another good meal and yeah just still training hard and trying to lift more weight as well that always helps
0: you've always played the utility role but you've got your eyes fixed pretty hard on the 13 jersey
1: mm, yeah i do i think the way the game's going that it's really going to suit my playing style it's getting faster little blokes are coming more into play and it's only going to get faster they keep changing the rules more and more to to suit us so i'm not complaining in that regards, but I'm just looking forward to it. Eh? Like yeah. like I said before, it's been a while for me since I've played footy, eight or so months. So, And like the other day was, I got 20, I think 26 minutes. And then as soon as I walked off, I was like, because they told us before the game, they like you me and Clem were only going to play half at the max. Yeah. And then as soon as I walked off, I was just like, man, I want to go back if on you want the a second more, half. Yeah. 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 I was killing me. Well, and
0: I've got bad news for you. I'm going to put you in the interchange bench now because <laughs> I've got to bring Sharon O'Brien in, the wife of the Newcastle Knights coach. So we'll go to the interchange bench and we'll close mate. out the show with you. Connor Watson, thank you for being on Knights HQ. Thank you. Your power powers our Knights. Come out charging and secure your 2021 membership at knightshub.com.au. Each week on Knights HQ, we are going to catch up with a special guest and we are privileged to be joined On this week's podcast with the wife of head coach Adam O'Brien. Good afternoon, Sharon O'Brien.
2: Good afternoon, Frank Barrett.
0: How's Newcastle life?
2: Great. I love it.
0: Adam says from the first day you drove in, it was like, you're fit. It's us.
2: Yeah, it definitely was. I just, I felt like, you know, within a week, I just, I felt like it was home here for me. I love it. It's a great, great city, great people, beautiful beaches the club's amazing. It's just, just feels like where we belong here.
0: Tell us about the decision to come here from the Roosters to the Knights and what role you played in that decision.
2: I guess whenever Adam has made decisions um, in regards to his job, I have just supported wherever he feels he's at. Within that I've been in hospitality My whole life But I feel like With the position that he's in Like this is a once In a lifetime opportunity So I can do my Line of work anywhere Where this You know There's 16 jobs In the world For this kind of Position So I have just supported Adam in whatever decision he has felt right for him at that point in time. So when he said that, you know, obviously we discussed Newcastle when the position came up and I I was excited and keen to come here because I just, I thought it'd be a great lifestyle for us. And I felt like this place would really suit Adam. It's very down to earth. It's quite country and that's kind of the essence of him so yeah it was kind of a no-brainer for us to to come to Newcastle.
0: Tell us about that growing up you both grew up on the south coast of New South Wales.
2: Yeah so Adam he grew up in Batemans Bay my family moved down to the south coast sort of a little bit later in our life we're in Ulladulla so beautiful beautiful places both of them. I think for me I loved it but I also knew that there was something a little bit more for me outside of like our hometowns and Adam he'd left I think when he was in his early 20s moved up to Cairns and played football up there for a little while and he's always had footy in his blood and we met just as he was going into Melbourne Storm like he literally I think he was starting about three weeks after we'd met so you know he put the the, the idea to me to come down and check out Melbourne and see how I felt about, you know, living in a big city. And I was really nervous at first because I'd been on the coast for such a long time. I'd sort of forgotten what the city life was like. And I went down there and just, yeah, I loved Melbourne instantly. So I was there for a couple of days. I kind of had the same feeling as I, I did when I came here. And 12 years later, we were um just, you know, leaving Melbourne. So to go to Sydney.
0: Tell us about that first meeting, because we'd be intrigued to know how the coach would go about courting, meeting someone like yourself.
2: Oh look, you know, Adam, he's a real romantic. We met at a pub. <laughs> no, we it was um it was a, a bit of a funny story. So I had gone down to Bateman's Bay that night with a group of friends, and we were heading to the local pub there. And when we got to the pub, it was actually closed until 10 p.m. that night for someone's birthday. And we were, you know, we were all sort of annoyed that the pub was shut. And we were like, oh, whose birthday is it? Why would they close the whole pub. So we went to another pub. Anyway, when, when that pub reopened, we went back over. And it was actually Adam's birthday. So his dad was the publican. So they'd closed the pub down for his birthday. And I'd spent the whole night at this pub. And it closed and everybody left. And I had to go to the toilet. And I was busting. And I begged the security guards to please let me back in to go to the bathroom. So they did. <laughs> And as I was walking in, he was walking out and we literally bumped into each other. And I guess it's a little bit cliche, but there was just like instant chemistry from the minute we saw each other. We And we, we chatted straight away and he told me he was having a party that night and, you know, he wanted me to go to the party, which I was already going to. I had no idea it was his party. And so, yeah, I went back out to my friends and had a chat to them and, and it was Adam's birthday that we were going to, which I had no idea prior to that. And it just went from there. So let's
0: talk a little bit bit about the coach. We see a lot of intensity, but there's a lot of emotion behind the coach as well. What's he like at home?
2: Look, when it comes to football, I've I've not really come across someone that has passion for their job like he does. Like it's just his work ethic is something I've never encountered before. Like I've... I've got a really good work ethic. I work hard and you know I'm really dedicated and I put everything into my position, but when it comes to him it's just next level. Like he lives, breathes, eats, sleeps football and in Melbourne we were like down there for 12 years and you know he was just really really passionate about that club and he he just loved it. And, you know, it was his his baby that club. But up here it's next level. These are his boys. This is his club. Mm. Yeah, he just, he loves it.
0: Tell us a normal day because it's a pretty intense day of Adam O'Brien's life.
2: So a normal day for Adam, do you mean a working day or just like maybe a...
0: Try, start with a working day. What's a working day look like? When when does he rise?
2: Oh, well, Adam can sometimes rise at three o'clock in the morning and be at work at 3.30am. I'm an early riser. I'm up at 5.30 every single day and he's gone before I'm up every day, every single day. But there have been times where he's actually left home at 3.30 in the morning and he sometimes won't get home until six or seven at night. And then he'll come home and he checks emails and he might cut vision on the computer. So an average day for Adam probably goes anywhere, like I said, from 3.30 until maybe nine o'clock at night. And that's that's pre-season during the season it's even more hectic so after games he'll cut vision and you know he'll cut vision right through the night after a game and that's a lot more in depth through the season because he's got a lot of different clubs that he has to look at you know teams that they've played the week before or they're playing the next week and cut the vision and so it's pretty full-on I'd say Adam he'd have a 16-hour day
0: no problem no problem and he's got no alarm clock has he
2: Oh, look, he sets it, but, you know, most of the time he's up two hours before it even goes off, so I don't even know why he bothers.
0: What time does he set the alarm clock for?
2: Oh, he'll set it. Just depends, but most mornings he'll set it for about quarter to five in the morning, but I honestly, I can honestly say to you, like I said, I get up at 5.30 and he's gone, and most mornings I don't hear him go. Therefore, his alarm just never goes off because he's up before it. So there's the first
0: secret, Night's HQ can unveil, that Adam – O'Brien's alarm clock is a waste of time because he never uses it. A waste use of it.
2: time. never uses it.
0: Stand together and get amongst the action by taking your seat at the next home game. Tickets are available at nightshub.com.au. So what else can we unveil about the fellow? Well, what's his good day at home? When do you find that he might be a bit relaxed or does he not relax?
2: No, he can relax. He, um... A good day for Adam, like a relaxing day. Yep. For example, we just had a few days off last week, so we went up to Port Macquarie for a couple of days. I made it a rule that he only checked his phone twice a day, which he stuck to. I was very surprised. Okay. But in saying that, it was probably an hour and a half each time he checked it, so, you know. <laughs> that's half not day. a check,
0: that's a full check-in. Yeah,
2: that's like half the day. No. No, he was good. He really relaxed and and he switched off up there, which was good. He needed it. But The good thing with Adam is regardless of where they're at, you know, after games or however they've trained through the week, he's really good at just moving forward from things. He doesn't, he won't sit at home and dwell on things and pick it to pieces. He'll, he'll sit down, he'll look at the nuts and the bolts of it. He'll work out the solution and he'll put that into process and then he just moves on. So you know, on a Sunday afternoon, he'll sit down, he might have a beer every now and then. He really loves his music. I think that's a really big thing for Adam in terms of relaxation. and.
0: Give us, what's his music? Well, Give us his playlist. He's going to kill me if yeah, I'm yeah, like, that, really more honest. We want,
2: yeah. But he likes, he loves his country music. Yep. He loves all types of music. So he'll listen to, you know, rock music. He'll listen to country music. I have actually come across a couple of Glee soundtracks on his phone.
0: <laughs> that's another great thing. He's going to get shot. really angry that good, I've said good. that. But yeah, I
2: think people just need to know, like, yep. he does have a little yep. bit of a soft side. He, he does like his Glee songs. Does and he boot
0: scoot? Because he is country. He's got a lot of country.
2: Oh, he's got a little bit of a dance where he kind of does this jig with his thumbs and he sort of just, oh, like, yep. just flicks his fu- thumbs out to the side. He's not great, sort of. Can he sing? Oh, he likes to think that he can. He thinks he's a good whistler. He's a dreadful whistler. I don't right. know if you've heard him whistle. Can't whistle. When well, he yells at me, not sometimes whistles. Not a great singer. Not a great singer. How
0: do you calm him down, Chaz?
2: Um, I think I'm very realistic with Adam. Yeah. And I just point out positives in situations. So if there's a negative that he comes across, which, like I said before, he's he's not the type of person that dwells on negatives. He will find a solution to fix the problem or to correct it or or build a foundation to you know to to solve the problem but if he if he does get a little bit frustrated or he needs a little bit of support i try and find the positives in situations for him i won't have conversations around the negative i won't embrace that i will say to him look these are the positives of the situation and you know you've been doing this for a really long time or whatever the situation is i just um reinforce what I know he's good at and just, you know, say to him, this is, this is what you've got to do. You know that you're good at this and you can get this done. And then he'll go right and he'll regroup himself and he moves forward. But that's, that's quite rare. Like it's not mm. very often that I have to, it's not that often that I feel I need to give him that sort of that push or, all that information. Cause he's very good at regulating himself and, you know, working out what he needs to do to, to solve problems and, Fix situations.
0: What's his kryptonite? What what can stir Adam up?
2: Oh, uh, sometimes if I sing like a boy band, he really gets annoyed with that. <laughs> yep.
0: Do you do so, that deliberately? Yes. Good.
2: I'll often sing, I'll do, you know, I'll sort of try and sing like Four Seconds of Summer and things like that, and he hates that. So yeah. that really annoys him. Inconsiderate people really annoy him. Mm. He has no time for inconsiderate people.
0: Is that highlighted? Like, say, when he's eating, he's interrupted. Is he like a dog? You can't speak to him when he eats. No,
2: no, 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 no. I mean, like, inconsiderate. I'll give you an example. There was when we were away. There was a couple that came out and reserved some banana, reserved some banana lounges by the pool in the morning. Yeah. And this was at eight o'clock. Yeah. We'd been at the pool for hours and hours in the morning. We came back at about four o'clock in the afternoon and these towels and this book had not been moved and was still on this seat. And he said, that is just so rude. The amount of people that have come in and out of here and there's nowhere for him to sit down. And I can't believe that they've, you know, left that there all day. And I said, don't worry about it. But then I was like, no, it actually is really rude. Yeah. But things like that. So if... Little things like if we're in a cafe, he'll he'll make sure he tucks his chair in all the time and, you know, takes his glasses back to the bar or something. If we've gone and had a beer at the local pub and things like that. He just, just people that are inconsiderate really get up his nose. Is he a romantic? No, he's, he's not sneaky. a romantic. He's not? No. Dear, oh dear. He's not a romantic, but he's... So supportive. He's not the type to, you know, bring me home bunches of flowers and, you know, little surprise gifts and things like that. But he's so generous with me and he's so incredibly supportive. If there's a situation that upsets me that's not probably not really warranted yep. because it upsets me, he, he really sympathizes with that. So, yeah, he's 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 a pretty supportive partner
0: what's his go-to to to make you happy do you does he does he cook does he cook dinner
2: no well there's this mashed potato dish that's kind of like a tasmanian tiger i don't know whether it's real or not but he's talked about it for years and years and years the best mashed potato you're ever going to have in your life and in the 15 years we've been together i've not seen this mashed potato
0: if he was to cook you that meal, like you'd come home tonight from Knight's HQ podcast and he's cooked your meal, what would it be? It
2: would probably be something from Uber Eats that he's popped on a plate and said he's cooked it himself.
0: What about <laughs> cleanliness? He's pretty clean around the Knight's office. What's he like at home?
2: Oh, he's pretty good, but I'm I'm a bit of a neat freak, so I'm kind of on top of things anyway, but... To be honest, I've seen his office and I've said, you need to bring some of that home. Some of that, you know, that care for this office. You need to bring a bit of that home. But no, he's he's pretty good.
0: What's your shared viewing? What do you watch on TV together?
2: Well, we're watching maths at the moment. I've actually got him hooked on maths. Are you serious? <laughs> yes.
0: He's genuinely into maths? Yes.
2: Yes. Okay, share some He's of He's watching maths at the moment and he actually said to me, last night I cooked dinner and it was about 10 to 7, and he said, I'm going to go to bed now. He said, I'm going to go hop into bed because maths will be on in a minute. And I was like, oh, all right.
0: <laughs> That's a bombshell. And shot. I
2: actually fell asleep before maths finished and he watched the end of it, so...
0: He would have been super tired. Did he have to have a nap and come back for maths?
2: Well, I, he went up at 7 o'clock, so I think he had a little nanny nap till 7.30, and then actually he could have set his alarm last night. That could be a first. He set it just for maths. Dear, I oh dear. No, I don't know. He just went upstairs and watched it. Does he
0: – when you say into it, does he actually speak – you know, how when you ride into a show, you speak to the TV? Is he speaking yeah, – Yeah, yeah, he does. Or okay. well,
2: he gets – you know, when then there's those awkward sort of moments. Like, for example, last night there was – I can't remember their name, but the couple, and they had to do this thing where they were, this cuddle. And oh, yeah. it was just the most awkward. I sent it to you, actually. Yeah. The most awkward thi- thing you've ever seen in your life. And he was holding the pillow over his face. He said, oh, God, I can't watch it. Look at him. It's terrible.
0: How, how would he go with that That sexologist or whatever that has, how would you to go with that work?
2: Uh, yeah, he'd be all right with that. Would he? Yeah. Okay. He'd, pr- he'd be a little bit. He'd sort of be like, I don't know why we're doing this, but I'll do it. He'd do it for you, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd do it for me. Okay, so the coaches—he's is... not—he's not—he's not shy with affection, like he's. Oh, he's not. No, no, not at all. Okay, no.
0: And you see that a little bit with the players. He is—he is pretty high on the affection. He's deeply connected in that way. Yeah,
2: yeah, he is. He's Adams. Yeah, he's an affectionate person, and I—I I think with the players, he just has this this warmth for the boys, like he loves them. He's tough. Adam, Adam's Adam's tough, but Adam's also really fair. Mm. But I think with, with the boys, he just, he adores every single one of them. Like every, there's something about every player that just means so much to him. Like it's not just one or two guys that he talks about. When we have conversations around football, which I try not to do too much during the week because I try and give him a little bit of a break when he gets home from it. But if we do get into a conversation around the players, he's he's got something good to say about each and every one of them. Like yeah. all the individuals in that group, he's just he's got a connection to.
0: All right. Has he got a favorite player? You, a couple. Give us a couple because we won't narrow to one.
2: I'm being really honest with you. I don't he, – he doesn't – he's not like that. He probably does. Like, I mean, everyone's got their favorites yeah. in a certain situation, work environment or whatever, but – I've never really asked him that question. I guess it's something I should ask him.
0: Probably not. Probably. But but, he's, but,
2: he, but Adam's pretty, Adam, like I said, he's pretty well-rounded. Like yeah. he he finds, I mean, it's not hard to find the good in these boys. They're all really yeah. talented. You know what yeah. I mean? They're there for a reason. But in terms of their personality, he, he'll find a trait in every single one of them that he just attaches to.
0: Tell us about game day because I imagine at home there's some intensity around him on game day.
2: Do you know what, game day, he's actually really calm. Is he? Yeah, yeah. But game day, I also am very aware of what he's sort of got little rituals that he does. Not rituals, but just he sort of has the same type of timeline through the day leading up to to a game. Share a
0: little bit. Well, give us a couple of little bits.
2: So he'll, he'll get up early. So the night before, he sleeps well. Mm-hmm. And he'll get up early in the morning. God only knows probably 3.30 again I'm not too sure But he's always up before me He'll go for a swim He likes to go for a swim But he often, he'll often he often do that But game day he'll he'll make a real effort to, to go down and have a swim in the salt water And then I cook breakfast okay. Every game day I cook him breakfast So last year we had a little bit of a I think the first breakfast I cooked him we won a game And I cooked him um, I think it was kangaroo sausages Little kangaroo sausages right. Eggs and avocado or something like that And we won so then the next week it was, we've got to have the kangaroo sausages and then we won again. So that become a ritual, the kangaroo <laughs> sausages. And then if we, we didn't have a win, it'd be like, right, I don't want bacon and eggs the next week, <laughs> but that's his routine. So he'll have a swim, he'll go and get a coffee, he'll come home, I cook his breakfast and then he'll have his headphones on. I'm not quite sure whether he's listening to music, whether he's reading, I don't know what he does, but he'll spend a lot of time with his headphones on Okay. and then he gets himself ready not a lot of talking. We don't really talk much through the day, but I just give him his space. I'll often just go off and do my thing and let him just prepare mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets himself ready and he heads in about probably two hours before he should be there.
0: Is he a Speedos <laughs> or a board shorts type? Both.
2: He'll wear Speedos underboard shorts.
0: But not just Speedos?
2: In no. our pool, he'll float around on the floaty in his Speedos.
0: On his budgie smugglers. On
2: his budgie smugglers.
0: Yeah, that'd be a sight.
2: But if he... Um, He's actually got good legs on him. He looks good in budgie smugglers. What is
0: his best – what thing do you like to have a little look at?
2: I think his eyes were the first thing that I noticed. He's got really – and his eyes can change colour. They're blue, but sometimes – if you notice, they'll turn a little bit grey sometimes. Yeah, I've
0: seen them pretty green, to be honest. No grey. Oh, I thought they, you said grey. No grey. When he turns <laughs> his venom at me, they look like they're grey. No,
2: so. no, no, no. They they change to grey a little bit. Okay. But he's got he has got a good set of legs on him. Good, good legs mm. and a good bum.
0: Oh, see in the budgies that'd be perfect, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. And is he a pizza or a pasta? What's pizza, his take on like pizza?
2: Pizza. He just he's that's his. All time favourite loves his pineapple pizza. Pineapple or not pineapple? No, salami. Thing. Salami, is it? Or anything hot. And then, on the odd occasion, he likes an Aussie pizza. Okay,
0: so pizzas—that's that, that, the way to his heart with the What well, Yeah, pizza in a couple if of. If you beers. came
2: round with like a Celine Dion CD and a pizza, he'd be your best friend for life.
0: <laughs> Sharon, we could talk forever. I'd love to do some more in depth on you, but I need to get. A fast five from you.
2: Okay, what's a fast five?
0: All right, I'm going to ask you five questions and you need to give me your first answer to oh, those. No. They're okay. pretty simple, all right? So first, right. your favourite thing to do in Newcastle.
2: Walk my dogs along the beach.
0: What's the last book you read?
2: Uh, Caesar Milan. Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's a dog training book.
0: Dog training. Mm-hmm. Was it good? Yes. All right. Who or what would you be lost without?
2: Oh, Adam.
0: Pretty good I answer. Suppose. And who would be the second? Who else?
2: Who would I be lost without? Yeah. My dogs. Perfect. Favourite drink? Do you mean alcoholic? Yes. Prosecco. Love a good Prosecco and I love Forex summer beer. Do you? Yes. Okay.
0: A mentor or a hero growing up, who was that person?
2: I think for me, this is a bit of a, a funny one, Flo Joe. Mm-hmm. So I was a really good runner as a kid. Okay. And she was my inspiration. She was incredible. And yeah, I really looked up to her. And
0: Florence Griffith Joyner.
1: Ah,
2: very and good. And I never knew that that was her full name. That's I her only full knew name. her as Flojo. Fantastic. With those big, long red nails. And the big hair yes. out the back. Yeah. And okay. she could run like the wind. I loved her. A
0: bit like yourself. The Flojo in you.
2: Bit of Flojo. Now,
0: you're a very healthy, fit person. So we're going to do a health and fitness tip philosophy brought to you by Balance Collective. Mm. What's your tip?
2: All right, my tip is good sleep, lots and lots of water, get outside in the sunshine and get fresh air and get, get yourself moving and doesn't doesn't have, necessarily have to be outside, go to the gym, get into the, the pools. We've got heated pools at Balance, come and have a swim. Yeah, f- Anywhere where you get your body moving, good sleep, good food, I don't think you have to go crazy with nutrition. I think it's probably for me like 75, 25, 75 good food, but you've got to treat yourself and just have a good sense of humor and laugh.
0: I like it. Now, before I let you go, a little birdie tells me during COVID Mm. and Adam was caught at home a lot more. Yes. Did you put him on a fitness regime that was tough?
2: Yes. So I went to Kmart (laughs) because I thought I was going to struggle massively without the gym. That's my go-to. Like I put everything off for the gym. Yep. That's my f- my first priority is the gym. So I raced to Kmart when I heard that we were all going to go into lockdown and I just, I think I bought six things from there. <laughs> but I made it work and I set up a little um, a circuit out on our back deck and I had him out there every morning and he was doing burpees and push-ups and lunges and kettlebell swings and... So he you kept good. him
0: on a COVID.
2: Yep. So made him swim. Both swam every day. Beautiful. It was good.
0: Sharon O'Brien, thanks for your time today. You've been outstanding. Thank you. Your debut's been outstanding and we appreciate it.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Take a look behind the curtain as the Knights take things to the next level.
0: Watch the next episode of Level Up exclusively on newcastlenights.com.au. Welcome back, Knights HQ Podcast, the official podcast of the Newcastle Knights. That was a pretty impressive performance by the Knights coach's wife, Sharon O'Brien. We welcome back off the interchange bench, Connor Watson. She's the coach's wife unleashed on the coach.
1: I know. It's good to see a soft side in Adzi, eh?
0: <laughs> How do you think he'll go when he hears the podcast, and his feedback? What do you think it might be like?
1: He'll be filthy. Give her one of those half-time sprays, I reckon.
0: Have you ever had a good one from him?
1: I only played like five games <laughs> last year. and two, I mean, two of them. I got injured in the first half. Yep. And then the three that I actually played, we won. So, I mean, I was in there when the Bulldogs game. That's when I did my Achilles. There was a bit of a spray there, I heard that. But I was just more fixated on that my leg was ripped.
0: Yeah, to be fair. And we'll come back to getting ready to play the Bulldogs in round one. Before we do that, the club's heading in a great direction. There's been re-signing news around Bradman Best, Mitchell Pearce and the coach himself. Seems like things are in good shape.
1: Yeah, it's been um, been really good to see those guys re-sign adzy you know he's a terrific coach really enjoy playing under him and then yeah to get drew and brad, brad you know bradman's future is i don't know where his ceiling is but it's big he's a 19 year old in the 25 year old's body all the way around but yeah he's a grown man and he's scary he is scary isn't he mm.
0: what, what's your nickname for him
1: i've got a few yeah the beast is like the first one <laughs> and then the brick yep and then the besser block <laughs>
0: I'm thinking maybe add the fridge because I reckon he's been to that a fair
1: bit. Yeah, he, he definitely has. I think when we were in Tamworth at the camp, one day we had this massive dinner. He weighed in at like 107 kilos for a centre. But then, obviously, that was after a big feed, a little water in that and then Yeah, but I think he's playing at about 103, which is massive for a 19-year-old. He's probably going to end up in the middle, to be honest. Do you think he will? One day, I mean, if he slows down, but he's just so powerful, yeah, he, he could do it. People like Paul Gallen, but quicker.
0: Now, we'll share a little insight here in the Knights HQ. He's got that glaze when you look when he looks you in the eye, and he does this to the coach every now and then. So he's very attentive and very intense when he gets an instruction from the coach. Have you seen that eye that he gives when he's he stares in on it really hard, and he's got that laser like beam through you? It's a bit
1: frightening. Yeah, I did a lot of my rehab with Bradman actually, so. Me and him would be on the watt bike together, and yeah, same thing. You knew like he trains hard for for a kid. That's one thing. And I've said this to him before, and you know, I I like training with him because he pushes me as well. So for a lot of young kids, you know, they sort of work that out a little bit later, but he's got it straight away, which is mad.
0: Round one, Bulldogs, six p.m. Friday night. Are we ready?
1: Yeah, so excited. It's going to be good playing back at home. Crowds as well. Is it seventy five percent? That's right. Yeah, so hopefully twenty plus. It should be. How much of a factor is the crowd for you on the field? It's nice. like It's good playing in front of a good home crowd. It's not the be-all and end-all, but it does help, especially when games are close and you can hear them. And I think it does more to the opposition. Mm. So say if you're playing at home and we're loud and it feels like a you know force, we're just on, on the front foot and it's hard to crawl back into games, especially when you don't have any, any energy coming from the crowd. It can just zap you.
0: There's two ways to look at when there's injuries in a club. One is to say, oh, it's a shame, and we certainly would prefer not to have them. But it creates opportunity, wonderful opportunity for some blokes to put some runs on the board and see where they're at.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a good opportunity for, you know, Texie at fullback. Kalen's missing, so we know what he's capable of. He's a good player. It's just about finding that consistency for him and doing it more and more, which he's capable of. So he's got himself, you know, a little window there to play fullback and yeah there's some other guys you know Josh Kings on the bench which is awesome to see he deserves that so much in last year when we're in the bubble and there was no New South Wales Cup he wasn't playing for a while there but every day off he was coming in and doing more conditioning and that's why when he played last year and he scored that try if you've seen the boys I was so excited for him
0: First time he's been picked in the 17 for round one, so he and he, he backed himself. He had an mm. opportunity to go elsewhere, but he stayed loyal to the club that he loves. So you're right, it's a great opportunity. Also, some milestones... Debutants, Jesse Sue, Jesse Sawasso, Sue, and also Tyson Brazil, first time in Knights Colors. And Daniel Saifi leads them out in his 100th NRL game.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I'm excited to play with those two guys, and it's pretty cool playing in DSAF's 100th game. Been playing with him since I was a little kid, so playing against him, playing with him, played in, with him in like the under 12s rep side and on the Central Coast. And went to high school with him and Jacob actually for a little bit there. Yeah, right. Mm, so, yeah, you know, like pretty close with his family. They were at my 13th birthday party, so there you go. Yeah, that was our relationship when we. More kids, so well,
0: we would love to ask you more about that 13th birthday party, but we're going to have <laughs> it to was go. Loose, man. Was it? Yeah. Well, We'll leave it at that just in case. Now, if you've got any questions, send them in to media at newcastlenights.com.au And if you want to subscribe, you can get our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. It's free, and we hope you can enjoy it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Connor Watson, thank you so much. Good luck against the Bulldogs.
1: Thanks, Frankie. Enjoyed it, man. It was good.
0: Yeah, do well. Thanks for listening to Knights HQ. Knights HQ needs you. Rate and review wherever you listen.